to the Simplified Podcast, which is astounding talks all. If you're ready for us, then let's go. Hello, listeners. Today we are starting a series on celebrating our differences and the role of the church in this. The differences we speak of comes in many forms. If we take race, skin color differences come into play. White superiority or white supremacy versus black inferiority, xenophobia, etc. When we look at gender, where patriarchy seems to be the dominant ideology in our African setting. Typically, boys have specific roles in society, which is quite different from what girls have to do. In some churches also, female leadership is either not allowed or discouraged. Pay gap differences exist in our workplaces and so on. Persons with disabilities or physical challenges are people that our society shuns. And what we, what we see is that uh, they in turn flood our streets, begging for money in order to survive. There are also persons with mental challenges, so with things like autism, depression, suicidal thoughts, drug-induced psychological disorders, and other psychological issues. Uh, things which our societies just choose to ignore, or they decide to hospitalize these people instead of actually helping them in some other way. What we uh, come to see is that our society sees people with these kinds of issues as burdens. And typically, we don't want to interact with them. And it's true. I mean, when you have, you know, people we see on the streets who are, who we say are mad or who we call mad, or people who, you know, come to us, you know, begging for money, we just tend to shun them. Now, one thing is key here. As Christians, we should know and understand that the church is pivotal in, in these societies. And the church needs to play a role where these issues are concerned. Now, let's take a scenario of something that happened in South Africa and is still happening right now. In 2015, the world had reports of some black South African communities causing violence, severely injuring and killing other black Africans from other countries. The international body spoke out against these violent acts and the act subsided. These acts were previously recorded in 2008 as well, where more than 60 people were killed. Now, just a few weeks ago, we heard that the violence had erupted in parts of South Africa. We saw videos of South Africans allegedly killing other black people from other African countries. These xenophobic attacks had erupted again. Now, there are many reasons why, you know, people try to describe or give us the reasons why these things are happening. Now, this scenario is one of the reasons. You know, it's not exhaustive, but at least it helps to give us a good picture of why these things may be happening. So, as you know from apartheid, majority of the wealth, lands, and the jobs are owned by rich white South Africans. The South African black people live in the poorer communities and they are not being hired or you know they are not being employed 
you know, as much as they would like to, to work in these jobs. Now, people from other African countries troop to South Africa seeking greener pastures because they hear there's wealth. Now, they take many of the jobs they get with much less pay than the ordinary South African would be willing to accept. Now, what happens is because you have people from other countries coming into your country and taking the jobs from you and taking less than what you would expect, you suddenly have, you now have these people who live in South Africa in the poor, in the poor sites who don't have jobs and are angry because they are hungry. And so they tend to you know, pour their frustrations out onto their other fellow Africans. Now, on today's episode, we shall be having a chat with our brother Kennedy, who is currently in South Africa, pursuing higher education. We shall focus primarily on the issues of xenophobia and look critically at the church and the role the church should be playing. And ask our question and ask the questions, is the church playing that role? What is the church doing right and what can the church do better? Um, Kennedy won't be the only one here. Salom shall also join us in this conversation. Listeners, I'm your host, Jonathan Amos Esiodu. Um, Kennedy, can you please introduce yourself? Yeah. Jonathan, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Kennedy, Kennedy Oredu. Um, I'm a PhD candidate here in Stellenbosch University, and so in South Africa, in Cape Town. It's a privilege and honor to be on this platform, and, and greetings to your audience. Thank you. Kennedy, just a bit more, what, what is your PhD in, if I may ask? Okay, it's a PhD in theology, specifically New Testament studies. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, Salom, since you're here, would you like to say hi to our listeners? Hello, listeners. This is Salom. Salom, welcome. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So I think we shall. I think we shall delve in now. And uh, let's see. So, uh, Kennedy, you are in South Africa now. How? What's? What? what how was the mood? You know back there a couple of weeks ago when these uh, xenophobic attacks uh, sprung up again? How, how, how was it, especially for you and for other non-South Africans? How, how was it exactly? Yes, so um, I think as you mentioned, some weeks ago we heard of incidences, the stories vary in so many ways. In other words, uh, uh, a foreign national who had attacked someone South African and the story goes in so many many ways and it turned into um, lots of issues for example I'm a Ghanaian and for the Ghanaian student community here we we received I think it circulated even on social media we received some letters from the High Commission giving us emergency numbers to call 
virtually there was some panic. But on this side of town, that's in Stellenbosch, um, it, the city is a bit insulated from these these attacks because um, these attacks normally took place in Pretoria or Joburg, Johannesburg, or sometimes in Cape Town. But Stellenbosch, with the student community, there was a lot of calm and peace, nothing, even though we were still cautioned to be careful not to take things for granted. But the general atmosphere was, everybody was in some kind of um, alertness, some kind of panic, some kind of worry of mm. what we were hearing in the news, because it was real. And mm. The sad part of it was most of the incidents we had ended up with South Africans dying, and meaning the attacks didn't, because if you step out there to attack somebody you claim to be a foreigner, you're going to ask for the person's passport, and by the time you attack and perhaps kill the person before you realize that you've killed a South African. So South Africans suffered. Foreign Africans, if I say, if I use that word, Africans who are not from South Africa, hmm. also suffered. Yeah. Okay. This is this is sad. This is really bad. Um, but what? So what is? Uh, I think what is the current situation now? I think it's it's stabilized, right? It's. Um, sure. Yeah. Sure. Everything is very calm now. We hmm. don't really hear anything much the media and I think it as you can observe it seems to be a perennial thing it just surges up yeah. then it goes away it just pops up and it goes then away. it goes away. perhaps that is something worth um, investigating what triggers it hmm. suddenly it just comes then suddenly it just goes away you okay. can't tell uh, when it will come again, when it will go away. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I think we should move on to the church now <laughs> as our main focus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I think my first question, general question, should the church be involved in these kind of, in these kinds of um, issues, you know, these social and racial issues, like these xenophobic attacks that, that, that recently happened? Um, who would like to take this first? <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know whether the question is is um, should, I don't know whether we the church is isolated from it. The church is involved. The church is is already there. Are people there are people from the church who are basically going to be attacked, or I mean, if they are good Christians, they are going to be the ones being attacked or be fighting on the behalf of other people who are. I mean, the mandate as a Christian is to be a source of change, to be the salt, to be the light. So I, I, I think that there's no way the church can, be, can as, um, dissociate themselves from, the, um, from any of these things. There's racism going on. All of these things are things that are happening in society. And the church is part of the society. Mm -hmm. And we are supposed to be the, the difference. We are supposed to be the ones who are the light, the salt, so that we can make the difference clear. We can let people see 
how a better way we can show them a better way to solve some of these problems. I, I ask this because, um, see, the, the truth is this, as we know locally here, many people tend to have a certain idea of what the church is. And so for many people, it's more like, well, the church is for my spiritual growth. Or the church, the, the whole idea of church is for me, for spiritual growth, where I can pray to God and talk to God. And so sometimes when you bring about these kinds of issues, um, people don't think, people look at it as well, it's the role of the government and the government's bodies to handle these kinds of issues. So that's why I'm trying to get, is, is it, as in, one, is, is the church, should the church be involved in this? So that we also try to understand what kinds of roles that the church should be playing, you know, within these kinds of things, within these kinds of activities. Right. What do you think, Kennedy? Yes, that the I church, agree with should you. the church play a role? Um, Does the church play a role? Yes, the church should um, be actively involved. And as you, as you indicated, there are people who have a kind of uh, perception about what church is. And as you, you, sh you shared, um, thinking that perhaps the church is just to deal with spiritual matters, if by their definition of what they call spiritual. And um, the church is just about having us in the afterlife matters, so the church should not be concerned about these things. And that could be an, an erroneous um, notion. You know that all through history, there are, there are major moments of human um, human history and societal issues that it took the intervention of the church to uh, to bring things to maybe what we have now, even from the time of Jesus. And we can't have time to talk about it, but mm. the very immediate one, the civil rights movement in in, in America and. We all know um, Reverend Dr. Luther King Jr. and he is a Reverend Minister. And today, if we celebrate the civil rights movement, he's he's a staunch figure in it, and he did this from the from his his stance as as a Christian, as a believer. And if you listen to every bit of his every bit of his interviews, you see that his motivation, his drive for whatever he did was out of his Christian ethic, out of his Christian stance. And Dietrich yeah. um, Bonaifa from Germany during the Hitler era, similar yeah. action, similar people, similar mindset. So we can stand aloof, as Salam has indicated. We are not insulated from this. the same people who sit in the pews in the church are the same people who are outside there who are either victims or even guilty parties in this event. The church needs to take up a very active role. Mm. So I agree. Okay. I, think, I think another point is that God is a God of justice and um, he expects justice to be pursued by his children. We should pursue justice and we should pursue justice. And this is not pursue justice as in take arms and fight people but pursue justice in the way that, that is prescribed by Christ. So we are supposed to be pursuing justice for the poor, for the needy, for the weak, yes. for, the, for the ones who are not able to take care of themselves. We are supposed yes. to for the foreigners, for, the foreigners yeah. for people who are, yes. And, and, and we can see a trace of it 
from the throughout the whole Bible that the Bible a God actually is a God who expects that his people will be nicer and and be be um, tolerant to others. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. I think God has been has shown us that example. Jesus Christ has shown us that example, and the justice is real. It's like we have to stand up for the poor, for the weak, and for those who are not able to speak for themselves. Mm. Well, I'd like to understand, um, especially from you, Kennedy. So, uh, during these attacks, um, was there any was there any visible reaction from the church? So, in South Africa, was there any anything that was there any visible reaction from, you know, from the church there? You know, was there any actions that they took? You know, as as a body, as a united body, was there anything that you know that you saw or noticed or heard about? You know, back in okay. back in South Africa, yeah. Um, well, I will I will confess that during that week, I guess we were all, in a sense, involved in school activities as usual, and as best as we did, or myself to perhaps listening, you know, find out what's happening, what's going on here and there. For my part, most of the interventions I had were quote-unquote, from the political side, you know, mm. uh, presidents giving uh, giving their their uh, their displeasure uh, at the whole incident. But from the church angle, uh, on on a national scale, I, for one, did not hear anything. But, for example, the Baptist church that I have joined here, uh, Due to proximity, uh, we the, the pastor on that Sunday, the week of that event, led us to pray on for victims. Led us to pray for some of the incidents, what is going on. And led us to pray for love in the communities. So I would believe that perhaps individual bases in very in local churches across the nation perhaps pastors let their congregants to pray on these matters mm -hmm. but to hear a united voice or a kind of collective voice from the church even from the international level no i don't think there was anything like that i stand to be corrected but i did not hear anything like that mm. okay okay um but to continue on this, on the kind of involvements that we would, let me ask it this way. What kind of involvement do you think that, or what kind of involvement should the church be taking with these kinds of things? So, you know, with issues of, you know, racism, xenophobia, killings of other people, what kinds of stance should we be taking and what kinds of actions you think we should be taken as Christians and as the church? Yeah, I okay. Let me let me say. I think I think that this is not, um, and then we we are. I, I know that we are not having an exclusive discussion about South Africa alone. By talking about racism, xenophobia, and all the things that, um, social injustice, and mm -hmm. and and mostly these are not the way it is happening now. It is not a Hitler thing. It's not like. A political mm -hmm. power that is Incredible. perpetrating something. 
um, I don't know how the Americans might see it, but I think some people see it like, oh, um, the president is inciting some of these things. But I know that these things are coming out from there are mass shootings happening in America. They are not coming mm -hmm. out of yep. they are not coming out of some um, vacuum. Um, yes, oh, out of vacuum. I mean, basically, these are individuals who have a difference in opinion, have have really garnered that this thing. They have blessed and increased it, and it has become this caricature that is becoming a menace to society. Hmm. So they have like they have. They have kept it, these kinds of ideas, you understand? Mm -hmm. and, and then the, the, I, think, I think some of the things that incite them, like um, I think we're talking about, um, Kennedy was mentioned, Kennedy mentioned that, okay, it happens sometimes in a year, mm -hmm. you understand? So it means that there is something that is inciting mm -hmm. it. Uh -huh. There's a and trigger. There's a trigger. There's always a trigger. And, uh -huh. But it doesn't mean that it's not there. Mm -hmm. It exists. It's there. It's like in America, you notice that it exists. It's there. Mm -hmm. and, and people are just looking for something to trigger it, something to incite them. And then they are all back on the streets screaming and all mm -hmm. of that. Uh -huh. But and so I feel like I feel like the kind of involvement the church will be it's not um we are not going to take up arms and be take a telescope and be looking through communities and be saying we are fighting this menace by taking up and then get some um what's it some um swat squad <laughs> and then we some intelligence squad and be looking for them here and there i think that there are very practical things that we can do Mm -hmm. which is as the church we are we are the people you see that one i think one of the basic things that jesus christ taught was that when the people are being are persecuting you mm -hmm. you should you should no he said so i think i remember this one that he said that pray for those who persecute you mm -hmm. and then he also said that he also said that if somebody pays you evil that's evil to you. Mm -hmm. You pay him good for the evil. Exactly. And, and with that said, kind lo of... Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Yeah. And then he said that with that kind of reaction to their evil, you are actually piling on coals of fire on their heads. And you see, and the thing is, the aim of it is not that I am piling up coals of fire on their heads so that I bend them. Uh-huh. <laughs> you get it? Uh -huh. Exactly. So, like, I mean... He's saying that you are piling up coals of fire on their head so that they can shake their head and then the fire will go off. You understand? So that they'll move from where they are. Mm -hmm. You see, that's the kind of idea. And, and so, so long as, so as soon as we get the idea that these are people, like we see um, people talking around us yes. and the people are coming up with these, uh, are, are propounding these theories that do not make sense. Um, and they are saying these things. I think it's, we shouldn't just be quiet and allow it to just um, become some insidious thing happening in underground. Then all of a sudden we expect that it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't break, break out and cause more trouble. I think we should be active in our society, speaking up about some of the injustices that are occurring. And churches, like churches, you see, the Bible says that we should judge we shouldn't judge. Jesus, God doesn't judge, look at people's outward appearance and judge them. Yep. 
Uh -huh. So it comes down to the clothes somebody is wearing. The person might look like a prostitute. You don't treat him like a prostitute. I'm not saying that the person. I'm not saying that you should dress like a prostitute. I'm saying that your reaction to the somebody who is dressed like a prostitute should not be like that. You understand? Yeah. So it's, it's because I noticed that in many places the church the church is um, chastising people who come enter into church. Mm -hmm. and then they look at the person and, 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 and they're being judgmental yeah judgmental and jesus christ actually said that you shouldn't start you should, we are not supposed to like now start giving the way people look we shouldn't give them high seats in church because of the way they look exactly you understand we, should, we are not providing but it's happening in our churches so if we can start by being a good example, mm -hmm. because like like I was saying earlier, we are the salt mm -hmm. of the earth. We are the salt of the earth, and if the salt loses its value, then it's it, then there is a problem. They say exactly. throw that one away. Mm -hmm. You understand? So we are supposed to be the light. We are supposed to be the luminary. We are the ones that people should look at mm -hmm. and say, and that that is only going to happen if you are light. If you are not light. See, they, um, Jesus Christ gave the parable and said that the light, um, a candle cannot be put under. You won't put a candle, light a candle and put it under the bed. Yep. If so long as you see it's giving out. light, you will put it up. So that will uh -huh, give light. It will yes. give light. So, but the thing is not giving light. So why would we not put it down there? Because the thing is not giving light. You understand? So if we are the light, we are treating people. I think that we would have been the church would have been a heaven. The church should be a heaven for people who are being maltreated in the society. Yes. Maltreated and all of these things. The church should be the heaven. The church should be the place where they are like, um, if you are having problems with, if people are maltreating you and mistreating you, just talk to these church people. These church people will be the ones who will be walking with you on the street so that nobody can attack you. You understand? Call this person. They will help you. You understand? Like, that is the kind of movement that... I would like to see, I would like to be a part of, that we can say, okay, we are on the streets, and they are chastising these people. You understand? The people can come to church. You can come to church. Be a, be a, um, be a Muslim mm -hmm. who has landed in America, and then they are chastising you. Go to the church people. Yes. You understand? The Let church the church people, open. the church should be open. Be a Buddhist. You understand? Um, be, 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 whatever. Um, be whatever. And let the church love you. You understand? The church will love you. The church will do things for you that you that will that you marvel at because this is the church. You understand? We are the light. We can't become some um, people just sitting on the sidelines waiting for um, some some political power, some um, new um, presidential candidate who is for uh, pro this and pro that to fight for for the people for the justices yeah. yes so, so basically what you're, what you're saying is that we need to look so the church needs to look into itself yeah. and do a bit of what inflection correct is, is that the word mm -hmm. so yes reflection is looking out so inflection look inside and then so within the church itself we have our own set of divisions yes so you have people who feel they're higher than others some rich in the church poor in the church even within small churches, we have all these dynamics and we are not actively doing things to come together yeah. and put different people together, rich and poor together, knowledgeable and less knowledgeable. 
which which I th I think is a is a is actually a, a good way to start looking at this problem. Because once we're able to build bridges within the church, then no matter what happens in society, it's a lot easier to to continue to build those kinds of bridges, even from outside the church within society. Yeah. But what do we think about it, Kennedy? Yes, I I follow what um, Salom is, is the issues he's raising. And perhaps um, speaking from South Africa, I, I would like to mention that, um, you know, what is happening in South Africa is, is unique. It's, it's unique in a certain way. I, as, as he was speaking, I indicated in my mind that xenophobia is everywhere, everywhere in the world. Yeah. It's not peculiar to this place. Um, it's in various degrees or various forms in in any place, even in Ghana, I think this year, somewhere this yes, year, yes. Uh, in the news where local Ghanaians stood up complaining to the government that foreigners are taking over shops yeah. and businesses. Nigerians. Yes, yeah. Nigerians. Yeah. That is a, a type of xenophobia. Yes. A yes. type of it in a sense. There was no, the violence aspect was missing, but we didn't, we didn't hear anything of any Nigerian being attacked. It was mainly Ghanaian businessmen and women who walked to the ministries or walked to the government or um, spoke to the government through the media to deal with that problem, what they see to be a problem. So it, it pops up everywhere, but the situation in South Africa is unique because of the past, because of the history of the land. Hmm. And Jonathan, you mentioned it in your introduction to this to this discussion. You know, it's it's um, I don't know how to relate it, but if if you by analogy, if you take two people and as as it has been said, as we say in our local parlance, um, the one who has been bitten by a snake, when he or she sees a, a worm, the panic is higher. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can the picture here. Yes, uh, yes, makes sense. Mm -hmm. Of the people of this land, makes, makes these things, this xenophobia, racism, puts it on a whole different level. Puts it on a whole different dimension, and it makes the 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 issue very complicated to to address, mm -hmm. and when we are, we come to the church, it's good that Salam has indicated the issue about internal. The church must, and I have noted it here myself that as he talks about being the light and the salt, it's about setting the example, mm -hmm. and the church must live out that it is possible for us to live with one another, for us to live among ourselves. So that aspect is very true. And um, there is politics in the church. Yeah. There is yes. politics in the church. And the, the, there are times that um, church leaders may have an opinion about something. Church members may have a different opinion about it. And if you're a church leader, you dare go out to speak, and your members are not in favor of what you've gone to say outside there, you'll be in trouble. You'll be in a whole light altogether. 
So basically, there are issues that the church itself must work on internally, and I think we've made we've made that clear. And the second thing that I'm looking at is it has to do with the question you asked. The church should not just let political uh, organized bodies speak out against this thing. The church should also have a uniform voice. Yeah. You know, um, as we hear nations, presidents of those nations writing out there, the South African government and things like that, we should also be able to hear if it didn't happen, it should happen. Church leaders should come together, produce a communique, send something to the government that the government know that the church is aware, the church has its eyes on these things, the church is conscious of these things, the church is holding the government accountable. So it is not just enough to have prayer videos or have prayer times indoors in our churches. I think that this week I saw I saw an advertisement that on 10th October, if I'm right, they are going to declare national fast for all Christians in South Africa. I don't know whether it's, a, it's an independent church group that is organizing this, but I saw something there. But that is a good approach, but not enough. There's a lot more to be done. Mm-hmm. But the third thing that I come to is, is uh, two things, healing and then the family. Yeah. I think that the church, this nation needs healing. And mm. healing yes. at a very deep level. People are broken. Yes. People yep, are happy. Yep, yep. People may pain. People not physical pain, but there is a deep is a deep a kind of a titanic iceberg kind of motion <laughs> yes. sitting yeah. in and it is triggered with the least um, least incident. People it's like killing killing an ant with an atomic bomb. You, you get it. Yeah. The, the smallest thing triggers that deep pain, that deep hurt, that lies deep at the heart, and it, it gains because of the history. And the church, I think, can take that initiative. The story of this land must be, must be, history must be rewritten. Mm. Hope must be provided for this land. The economic hardship, the suffering, the injustice is real. Um, Jonathan, you indicated it yourself in your presentation. Um, if you listen to Julius Malema as well, it is real. Black South Africans are facing injustice. Um, apartheid is no longer there, but if I use quote unquote, that demon is still present in in another form. Yes. In a whole different form. Mm-hmm. There's a democratic government, but Beneath, there is still a system that is running a system, and it it threatens the the security of the people. It's a big problem, and the problem of South Africa is a problem of the whole African African continent, mm. because when this thing um, spilled out, immediately. We heard in Zambia that students, if the story is right, the university students in Zambia were attacking South African malls in their country. So you can see how a local event here can trigger yes. other events in other parts of the continent. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think occupies a very unique place. And everybody 
the church, not just in South Africa, but all of Africa and even the world, if we are concerned, should should come to the aid of what is happening here. Something needs to be done. The healing, I don't know how it will be done, but prayer, counseling, pastoral care, people are hurting in this land. People are in contact. And it is the youth, not even the elderly, the youth, the young. If you speak to yeah. our colleagues, young people of our young people, you can hear out of you, you hear pain. They were not born in apartheid, but they've been told the story. And when they are talking, you see the, the pain and the hurt that they carry inside them. Mm. You see. And that healing must take place. The church, the preaching ministry of the church, the pulpit ministry of the church, the, these are the things that must be addressed. Mm. These are the things that must be dealt with. And I think it should also come at a family level. It should go down to the family level. It should begin at the family, not just when we've met in church and we talk to you about socialization. The person sits in church one Sunday, six days home. One Sunday, church, six days home. Which one will have much more impact? So I think that not just at the meeting Sunday level, but such integration should take place deep to the family system, mm. family orientation. We must pray because it is a huge task. And if God doesn't help us, I don't know how else this can be done. It's a huge challenge for the mm. body of Christ. Mm. I would like to add something. So um, as, as part of my readings or as part of you know the research I did before before we had this uh, before setting up this 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 episode um, one of the things that came up was that um, so be, at least based on what I'm hearing a, a lot of the solutions or things we are talking about tend to be things we want to do presently or things we need to try to do in the present but part of the solutions I I, 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 I read about was um, looking at the future also and the next generations and how they are going to understand this so these things don't repeat. So that right now, with the children that we have, we need to, the ch within the church itself, we need to actively, actively put them, you know, put, actively let these children be friends, right? So that you have in any given church, you have white kids, you have black kids, and kids from different nationalities and countries. If they are in that church, you know, actively pursue things which will draw them closer. Because what happens is, when people, you know, we rub shoulders with each other, we, we know each other more. We get to be more familiar. So I get to understand your pains more. I get to understand your joys, your things that make you happy, things that make you sad. And we are closer. So that it becomes a lot harder for me to think of you as an enemy or to think of you as someone I cannot relate to. And so some of these things that the idea was if churches could take, you know, a bit more leadership with even within education, within our schools, so that in schools you try to, you know, you know, where there are children, all sorts of children are in school. So that, you know, instead of from the home when they are coming, sometimes their parents will be like, when you go, don't go and play with these other children. Play with only, you know, children from, you know, that you know, or from South, South African children. Instead, we try to, you know, reorient them at that level. 
to think of you know to think of everyone else as a human being you know just like there so i mean at least this is this is one of the things it's that things. Yeah. you know yeah I, you know, I, I, I think that so, I came up with. so that brings me to the fact that we do not have to sit down because i i see with um with some of the ways they were they are solving this in in a place like in the u.s basically mm -hmm. Um, I, I have looked a lot into the U.S. system. I've, okay. I studied the, um, the civil rights movement and all of that. And, and you notice that some of the, move, some of the um, issues are um, the people are congregated in one area. Mm -hmm. um, they basically live in that neighborhood. There is no white person living in that neighborhood. Yes, it's, it's all a, tall blacks. Yes, it's mm -hmm. only yeah, it's only one type of person that lives there, no. and they have been maltreated from the beginning till now. Yes, and they, this is their history. How do they find healing if they don't sit down with the other people? They don't exactly. actually have access to to do education. There's no like relationship. We are talking about education. We are talking about school. Yes. So we go to school. This is a black community. So black so schools. So long as we have black communities and we have white communities, we will always have issues. Yep. Uh -huh. Yeah. Black so schools. So long as we white want, schools. Yes. Uh huh. And and the thing is, some of these things also affect uh, this. There are neighborhoods where um, it's only gentrification. Where there's only rich people in one area. Yep. And then poor, and then, poor people yeah, and then the slums. Poor, I mean, obviously, there's no way you are going to really get what the poor people are saying when they are saying it. Exactly. Uh -huh. And then, so, our the way we build up our community is all part of it. So, if building up our community is part of it, then Christians cannot become, cannot um, detach themselves from things from politics. Per se, yes. Per yes. Se. Let's from say politics you want society. To, yeah, but our politics should not be driven to have power for power's sake. Yes. But be driven to make the communities better. To move into areas that I mean people I know to serve. I mean serve def people. definitely Christians should be interested in housing and all of oh, these yes. things. Of so these things. I mean definitely there are Christians who are interested in housing. It's not becoming, um, but we sit and end up trying to make it um, okay. You a have to be. A, I know that is that is uh, that is not a very Christian job. A political thing. Oh, uh -huh, okay. That is that is a Christian job. Uh -huh. But I feel like these are some of the things that actually bring the change. Where we are looking at, because there are people sitting down. There are psychologists need to sit down and say okay we need to figure this thing out and and most of these also are sorted out basically by having a a, um, a conversation yes open up opening up conversations open up. and solving the problem because i promise you there is no way they haven't seen the change in south africa really if you look at it the only thing that has stopped is okay the the chronic abuse of the black person and use of the black person it's not really, it's not changed that oh, much. Yes, it hasn't changed. It's not changed that much. The rich are, are still, still the white. Are still the rich white yeah, people. Yes. Yeah. And the land still belong to, yeah, the poor, the blacks can't, look, if they give you land, eh, if they give you land and the land is among the black people, eh, and it's still amongst, you are still living in the same neighborhood that you were living, and you were not given access to have 
um, to go to the big big places where the white people are congregated you are still you are still having the same life exactly. and and that's it and and some of these things i think some neighborhoods in in america actually they changed they actually allowed people to have um, to be able to buy houses in black people buy houses in white neighborhoods Mm -hmm. You understand? Yes. So that they can move into that place. So that the black people will meet the white people, the white people will meet the black people. They will start seeing, they will start, they start desegregating schools. Yes. And all of these things, all of these things contribute to, and even that is America who was doing all of that and they still have issues. Mm -hmm. You understand? And I, and I think that there's an example of Germany where, I'm not saying that Germany is, has a very good example of anything. But Germany actually, the, the German student has a very, very good idea that we were wicked once. Yes. And we have to change our ways. So we have to treat people better. Better. True. You understand? Like, Germans actually have that. Mm -hmm. But we, we don't see that in America. We don't see that in South Africa. So it's basically some of these things are still there yes. because there is no nobody has addressed it yep. nobody is opened up conversation about it yep. we are not talking about the issues mm -hmm. we are not trying to we haven't even looked at it well enough to understand that okay this is a community that needs to be um that needs to be desegregated that needs to have um that needs to have the same social amenities that these other ones are having so that other people can move into the neighborhood so that the neighborhood will become a, a neighborhood for people not just for a particular yes. um, level of income and all of these things and and some of these things need to be done and we need to get ourselves into places where we speak about these things even if we do not go actively and become powers that are um, involved in po politics we should be the ones to, to let people know that these are... Uh -huh. But exactly. the, 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 the other thing is that if we are not doing that well on our own, we can't be looking at our... Um, what did Jesus Christ say? He said that there's the log in your eye mm -hmm. and expecting yeah, somebody to say, yo, yes. don't, don't, don't even bother. The thing is we need to be Christians. The, the, the other thing too is note that in our in political systems or in our workplace, wherever, I, I read up on South Africa a bit and it seems at least on the last census that was done, there's about 80% Christians, 80% plus Christians in South Africa. When you come to Ghana, it's similar, there's about 70% plus Christians in Ghana. And yet, when we look at the way things are working, so are we trying to say that what, the politicians, they are not Christians? Are they, is it are these yeah, same so politicians who are going through these same... They claim um, to be Christians. They go to church, show up... Go to church and, and everything. Yeah. But are we saying we are not Christians? It's, it's, you know, so all of these things, it, it means that in every part that we are, as Christians, we need to, we need to impact. Yeah. Understand? Together. You know. Um, I, I think that this has been a great, a great conversation. I'm, I'm not sure if Kennedy, you have anything more you want to add. So as, as we wrap up, uh, you know, we summarize. Just a supplementary comment to your comment. Sure. Uh, the final statement you just made just came to mind that uh, when you indicated about the, the percentage of Christians and all that. So I, on as a follow up, I think that. The church should also open up interreligious dialogue yes, and that's true. engage with religious bodies. 
um, as I said, um, it's a huge task. And the church alone, as an organization, a society, may not have it all to be able to do or to deal with it. And so when it comes to, I know we talk about salvation and we talk about conversion and all that, but further on when it comes to some of these issues that affect society, our dogmas, we must put on hold our dogmatic or our doctrinal beliefs and sit at table with Muslims, at table with stakeholders, religious stakeholders in society. Because when the violence breaks out, the violence is not going to ask you, hey, are you a Muslim? Are you a Christian? Yeah. Breaks out against everyone. So perhaps as further action at all levels, the church must open up interreligious dialogue. And it is very helpful. It is very helpful to deal with some of these societal menace. Yeah, I think that will be my final comments. Yeah. Okay. Salam, would you like to have a conclusion? Something to wrap up? Uh, um, so I, I think that in in conclusion, I think that um, as I have been saying, we should be like Christ. If we are like Christ, things will be easier. Jesus Christ was sat with um, the leaders who actually hated him and were plotting to kill him. He sat down with them and reasoned with them, spoke to them. No, that not to mean that he spoke after speaking with them there was peace. Mm -hmm. The people were plotting against him, but he was not the violent person. Mm -hmm. He was the one who was calming people. He was the one who was making peace with people. And from even making peace with people, people were hating him for it. Uh -huh. Society, I think the world is not going to become the most peaceful place on in in I mean, we are not going to have the most peaceful earth ever. But we are going to fight it with the good that Jesus Christ taught us. Yes. That is what we are as Christians. So we must still be the Christians that we say we are. And not just in, be Christians in word. We must be Christians in, in action. Let our lives show. And whilst we look at communities and injustices going on and try to be in places to understand, you see, not to set aloof, but to actually try to understand the communities, um, the things that are going on, the communities that are being affected, all of these systems that systems that have run in some countries that have worked, things that have worked in other countries, we should look at them as Christians and then understand that these things are not sorted out by just having a prayer meeting. Yes. Mm -hmm. But doing things that are step by step, you understand? As Christians, I don't see um, prayer meeting as a very, very important activity because as that we have to go to a prayer meeting exclusively about something. Because I promise you, we are supposed to be praying at all times. Mm -hmm. So exactly. if you are praying at all times, it's not a prayer one prayer meeting that becomes that, that changes everything. Yeah, that changes everything. So we are praying at all times, but in our praying at all times, you are supposed to forgive, be kind let the example come out so we must sit out and let those examples come out let us tell people the right thing let us speak to people let our actions show people not just get up and have and because we have we have done it we have prayed we have been praying 
we go for prayer meetings and and those things are not the ones that actually do most of the solving of the problems because we as human beings are doing something totally different from what we are praying what for. What we are praying for. Yes, so we must do something. Actions must be done. We must we must take steps. Mm -hmm. We must look at the things that will work and things that will not work and then look and do them. And I think that some of the things we are, are basically, you take one, two steps and you realize that you made a mistake. You come back and you correct it and you go. If we were doing that by this time, we would have found out the right way to go about it. Uh -huh. So we should do it. Okay. A, a disclaimer before you, you, you go on. Um, Salom is not saying that prayer meetings are not important. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what we are saying is there is a focus. Yes, let us meet and pray sometimes. And while we also, in our individual spaces, let us pray. But we should also note that let's not just come and pray, and then immediately we leave the prayer meeting and we go out there, we are collecting bribes, and then we are doing wrong things, and then we are insulting people, and killing people, and taking guns, and doing all sorts of things. Our lives should tally with whatever we say we believe. And if we follow Christ, it, it is what you are saying, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> our actions, our actions are way are, are very important. You don't see even Jesus Christ talks about the fact that um, um, we, the the Jewish leaders were walking on the streets praying. I mean, basically that was their that was their tradition. That was something mm -hmm. that they did. And Jesus Christ was even talking about the fact that when you are on the streets praying, when you are doing that, and people look at you and see you, you have already received your reward, which shows how. Um, you are supposed to be, and he actually talks about the fact that you are supposed to be in secret praying. But the main things that people should see is the actions, the things that the obedience to what no, to the word, yeah, to the word, no, to, 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 to the to obedience. Christ. That's what people have Christ. to see. Yeah. So when we shout that we are going for a prayer meeting, that's not that's not that's not um, that's not to the benefit of. It's it's just going. It says our reward has already been received. Mm. But the actions, the things that we do. When he says you are being persecuted, you should you should pray for them. You should bless them who curse you. Those are the things that we do. We are supposed, supposed to, to do. do. Uh -huh. Okay, I would like to say thank you to everyone. Mr. Kennedy already, thank you so much for your time, all the way from South Africa. It's 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 been great talking to you. And Salam, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Too. And uh, our listeners, uh, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Simply Christ podcast. Um, we'll come to you another time with, uh, with the continuation of our series on celebration of our differences. Thank you and bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.